The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Closing in on the Breeders' Cup. Had a lot of big winning your in races over the weekend. We'll be covering that. Got two guests that I haven't had on for a while. They're going to be two busy guys. One that I know is very busy uh, this uh, next week and a half, and certainly will be through the Breeders' Cup. And that's GD Hieronymus. He's Keeneland's director of broadcast services. I believe he's won seven simulcast awards for production excellence. Uh, he directs the whole video crew both live and during the sales. You can tune in and, and watch the sales. You can download the catalog and follow some of your fa- favorite sires um, and then watch them in the ring. So GD is going to be with us and going to tell us about some of the changes they've made at Keeneland. Uh, there's been some design changes there, too. We'll see how that's going to affect his broadcasting. And then a, a gentleman that's done just about everything in the game, and that is Jude Feld. Uh, you hear him now on the Horse Racing Radio Network. He won an Eclipse Award with them back in 2010. But interesting enough, rewind to 2003, he was honored with an Eclipse Award, teaming up with G.D. Hieronymus for their collaboration on a piece called If It Was Easy, Everyone Would Do It. So Jude Feld and G.D. Hieronymus will be our guests. Hope you're going up to the Winning Ponies website, pulling down the easy win forms. If so, you had one heck of a week at Mountaineer. Really nailed him at Mountaineer. On September 14th, a 50-cent super in the first, 5980 Two days later, uh, another $1 super paid 3420 $7. Also on September 14th at Mountaineer, a 50 cent Super 5 key paid $2,802. And then on the 14th, a $1 Super key in the 9th, 2476 So I know I'm just keying in on Mountaineer this week. Of course, we uh, have the easy win forms for tracks across the country, but it's just amazing that we had those hits just at Mountaineer Park. Had a really uh, excellent day on Monday. Uh, drove uh, down to Lexington, Kentucky, and took in the Keeneland September sale for yearlings. Um, book one, as they call it, there are six books, but book one is the creme de la creme. And, of course, if uh, you want to buy the best, you've got to be there, and that means the best will be there. Uh, ran into uh, the, the likes of uh, Bob Baffert, Todd Pletcher, Christophe Clement, uh, and then, of course, uh, just people that enjoy being at the sales, uh, 
Uh, John Asher was there. Darren Rogers from Churchill Downs uh, ran into Ed Musselman. You know him as Indian Charlie. Uh, so uh, it was kind of a who's who and to see and be seen. But what you wanted to see was the horses, and certainly some high rollers were there to see them. Uh, it was just a dynamic market. They sold 11 horses for a million dollars or more. Now, this sale will run through September 26th. Today is the day that they took off. Book one is done, but there will still be plenty of quality uh, horses going through the ring. Now, through the three sessions, the the, the uh, 443 yearlings were sold for over $134 million for an average of $303,000. And uh, for further evidence of the market strength right now is the fact that in book one, 24 yearlings sold for 750000 or more compared to last year when 62 sold for 500000 or more. So uh, definitely things uh, on the upswing, obviously on the, the upper level, and I don't know how many of us will be uh, buying horses out of uh, book one, but a uh, very successful sale, and it bodes well for the industry. People from the, the U.S. that were spending money, of course, uh, Mandy Pope's Whisper Hill Farm, uh, Roy and Gretchen Jackson, uh, Three Chimneys partner, Goncalo Torrealba, if I'm saying that right. Justin Zayat made a big purchase. Of course, uh, so did B. Wayne Hughes, who runs Spendthrift Farm. And Anthony Beck's Gainsway Farm made some big purchases. And, man, did they make some big sales. And, of course, foreign interests were there, uh, headed up. John Ferguson, the Bloodstock Advisor, to Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, purchased 22 yearlings for over $7.9 million. Second was Sheikh Hamdan bin Rashid Al Maktoum's Shadwell Estate Company, which spent $4,475,000 on eight yearlings. Uh, there were also uh, Japanese uh, interests that played roles, so very interesting. We'll see these horses uh, across the world uh, that uh, were sold in Lexington, Kentucky last week. And, of course, uh, just a couple of weeks ago from TaylorMade Sales Agency, we had Tom Ham on <clears throat> telling us how the process goes for TaylorMade, and uh, they led the agents selling 61 yearlings for $18 million. 795,000. Again, that's just book one. It'll go all the way through Saturday, September 26th. The entire sale is streamed live at www.keenland.com. Found this interesting yesterday that American Pharaoh is nominated to the Lucas Classic. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to run. But the purse of the Lucas Classic would jump to $1 million if American Pharaoh does want. When, or come, I should say, you just got to show up and there'll be a million dollars. There were 32 nominees. Um, it'll be very interesting to see if he comes. Uh, of course, rumor mills are everywhere. Uh, a lot of people are saying he'll just train up to the Breeders' Cup Classic. The good news is he hasn't been retired. He's still in training. And they've also been saying that they may go to Churchill Downs to tune up for the Breeders' Cup Classic that, of course, uh, will be run at Keeneland. 
Uh, other horses uh, of note uh, at Churchill Downs, uh, Run Happy, had a second workout since that big victory in the Grade 1 Kings Bishop, uh, and he's going to be appointing for the Grade 3 Phoenix Stakes opening day of Keeneland, and then may go on to the Breeders' Cup. And uh, well wishes for Colby Hernandez. He is the uh, younger brother of Brian Hernandez, Jr. He uh, is expected to be out at least three weeks with a ligament tear in his shoulder uh, in an injury that followed the last race Saturday at Churchill Downs. I met him before, a real nice young man, of course, from a big racing family. So we wish nothing but the best for Colby Hernandez. Jockey Club released its 2014 breeding stats, and there's some slight good news there uh, that they're up uh, about 2%. So going in the right direction, uh, just to give you an idea of the numbers, 2,103 stallions covered 37,244 mares in North America during the 2014 breeding season. And of that, from the reported foals, 22,104, and uh, that figure could grow with some late reporting. So um, we will uh, keep our fingers crossed that our business continues to go in the right direction. Of course, uh, if you're wondering who the top producers are, uh, the top 10 states producing live foals in 2015 were, no big surprise here, Kentucky, California, Florida, New York, Louisiana, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, Texas, and Ontario. So that's where the babies are coming from. No surprise at all that Kentucky led them. I do have some late-breaking news that I'm not happy to report, but Texas Red, who uh, last year won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and this year, came back in fine form, winning the Jim Dandy, will miss the rest of 2015 due to a cannon bone bruise. They say that uh, the son of a plead Alex would require 60 to 90 days of paddock time and that his connections do intend to bring him back next year. All right, well, we did have a lot of racing last week. want to thank Byron King from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, who uh, helped us handicap. Let's take a look at some of those. Baby races at Churchill that were win and you're in. For the girls, it was uh, a horse that Byron gave out as kind of a long shot play, and that was Dothraki Queen. Of course, the big favorite in here was Just Wicked that we were saying could be the next untappable, a daughter of Tappet that uh, came out of the Adirondack Stakes at Saratoga as a big winner. Uh, she was went away at one to two, but flattened out and ended up finishing fourth. That was just wicked. But the winner, number five, Byron's long shot play, paid sixteen eighty. Dothraki Queen Corey Lannery, uh, after being bothered early, rallied from seventh, just got through on the rail, and uh, drew off when uh, by. A half length. When I say draw off, he drew off through the lane, but did get up. Now, finishing second was Bold Quality, but Bold Quality came out sharp on Dream Dance. So, Bold Quality was moved down to third, and Dream Dance was moved up to the second spot. That was the grade two Pocahontas win, and you're in. Looks like we'll be seeing 
Dothraki Queen, a Kenny McPeak trainee, going in the starting gate at Keeneland. Okay, how about the boys' version? The winner here, cocked and loaded. That's right. The favorite in here was Conquest Windy City. He was bumped at the start, ended up finishing fourth. Uh, sent away at two to one. The winner, cocked and loaded, just pulled Emmanuel Esquivel to the front, and the Larry Ravelli trainee won by two lengths in the Grade Three Iroquois. In the second spot was Rated R Superstar, eleven to one play, and third was the five Unbridled Outlaw. The Locust Grove hundred thousand dollars for fillies and mare. You may remember the Fleur de Lee when frivolous at 32 to 1, upset sheer drama. Well, since then, frivolous went to the Delaware Handicap, grade one, put in all the pace, and ended up running second. But back at Churchill Downs, and this horse really loves uh, Churchill, just rallied and drew off by eight lengths. Second was Flashy American, and third was the nine Divas Diamond. Kentucky Downs, well, we handicapped it for Saturday, but we didn't get to play it until Monday because rains came again. It's an all-turf course, so it was moved for safety's sake to Monday, and the winner in the Kentucky Cup turf, a grade three, 600,000, was Da Big Hoss. I love that name. Da Big Hoss coming out of the John's Call at Saratoga. Chased the pace and got the job done by two lengths. In the second spot was Power Ped and third, Roman Approval. And then we went out to Louisiana Downs, the Super Derby, and it was the outside horses. Getting up to win was number seven, Mobile Bay, who uh, came out of the prelude. We said that the prelude could be a key race as the one, two, three, four finishers from the prelude uh, came back into the grade two super derby but it was mobile bay with veteran edgar prado in the saddle winning by two and a quarter second was choco Pology, who uh, was a bit of a long shot and third was the favorite allied air raid a brad cox trainee so that was a look at the races that we did handicap last week well again as i told you at the top of the show had a great time uh at keelan and while i was there ran into gd hieronymus Asked him if he'd be on the show. He was fine enough to oblige. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to G.D. Hieronymus. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at Tough the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. Keep the left. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and, you know, racing is all about the excitement and the view, taking in the races, and nobody puts out a better race signal than Keeneland. And with us is the Director of Broadcast <laughs> Services, G.D. Hieronymus. I believe he's won seven uh, simulcast awards for his uh, production excellence uh, at, from the International Simulcast Conference. Uh, GD's in charge of the, the video crew responsible for uh, for Keeneland's live racing, but he's also uh, responsible for the broadcasting of the annual sales meet, something that's uh, happened in, in recent years. And uh, I really had a great uh, last night. I went back. I believe it was a two point one million dollar cap at, and I I pulled it up, and it was it was just great. Uh, you know, like you're right there actually getting views of the horse from both sides. But anyhow. Enough of what I saw at Keeneland right now. G.D. Hieronymus, welcome to Winning Ponies, and it's been a while since I had you on. Um, describe to our audience your entrance in the racing game. Was it through your television background, or was there a horse connection? Well, I've got to start out by uh, thank you for uh, congratulating us on our Simulcast Awards. I've got an awesome team at Keeneland. Also, Keeneland gives me the resources to um, invest in our signal and what's, what's more important than that with all the players out there that are putting their dollars to the window, we certainly want to give them the best experience that they can get and, and help them, uh, the best that, that we can to, to pick their horses. But, uh, thanks again for that. And we do, we got just a great team at Keeneland, both for racing and for sales. And, uh, we also produce a lot of commercials for the industry and events for the industry. The, the thoroughbred club of America dinner coming up, uh, that'll, that'll honor, uh, Mr. Durkin. Tom Durkin is the honored guest this year. Uh, we produced the Museum of Racing's uh, Hall of Fame show, uh, the Kentucky Derby Trainers Dinner. It could just go on and on. So, um, But, yeah, it's, it's a great spot to work in at Keeneland, and we're looking forward to this fall. Now, again, let's get back to my original question. What got you into the game? <laughs> well, I, I moved to uh, Lexington from Somerset, Kentucky, about 80 miles south of here, and got a job at Channel 18. I was in television. When I was in high school, a small TV station, TV8 in Somerset, and I, when I, my sophomore year, I came to UK and got a job at Channel 18 and met Tom Hammond. And Tom Hammond was the sportscaster there, and we went out and uh, filmed uh, Tom Gentry's yearlings in '79 and '80 in the summer of July. And uh, Tom had the idea, along with uh, Ron Masati, to form a company to specialize in equine production. And uh, lo and behold, I got the I got the uh, lucky draw to be their first full-time videographer, producer, director, jack of all trades, um, in 1981, and started with them and was with Hammond for uh, 19 years until uh, Nick Nicholson created my position at Keeneland. Well, we're really glad he did. So you 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 you've seen the game evolve, and while you've been doing this for a while, what are the best tools that have helped you produce your award-winning production? I mean, besides Glenn Gremion, which goes without saying. 
Yeah, Glenn, Glenn is uh, one of a kind. That man, I tell you what, I could use 10 more like him. I've got great staff. And Glenn, Glenn's amazing. He was, he's been at Keeneland since the early 70s with Calcher Video, uh, instrumental in, in providing uh, video uh, services for racetracks uh, and fairgrounds in Arkansas and uh, Oakland Park and you name it, they've done it. But uh, So I was brought in to help uh, uh, improve the signal quality. Keeneland's always had the best. Uh, trainers, owners, and jockeys is you know the, and the best horses in the country, and their signal just needed a little direction. So I was given the task to get in and and try to help that. And and Gausher Video was there uh, on the onset, but uh, we've gone on to create our own signal. And um, you know what? As at an early age, when you start playing the horses and you start following it, and you want to see more and more of the horse, it's all about the horse. And the more that we can do uh, to provide the players out there. Uh, the right information and the great video. It, w- it was really the instrumental in, in creating a signal that is an award-winning signal, and, and that's that's what we do. And, you know, what a better place than Keeneland to turn any direction and make beautiful pictures and, and follow the horses. Well, uh, again, since you've been there for for such a, a, an a evolution, um, uh, what what like tools of the trade, uh, you know, boom mics, uh, remote cameras, uh, HD. Uh, what are the things that have evolved along with you? Because you just continually seem to get better every year. Well, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned HD, and unfortunately we still have a lot of tracks in North America that are not HD, and, and it's that simple. We, we've, uh, we started investing in HD in 2006 and went full HD in 2008, was really the first uh, the first signal in North America uh, to be full HD and besides that you just want to you just want to take a, what I'll consider a director of photography's eye in there and and John you're an uh, awesome photographer yourself so you know what it takes to make a horse look great you know so you want to write composition I can teach people how to run any type of equipment but I can't teach composition and I've got such a great staff that that knows framing, that knows how to follow the horse, that looks for the right the, the right thing. So that's a small part of it, but it's an important part of it. Uh, and it's the graphics, and you know, then you're, you're always looking. And I and I really feel like a lot of things that we've done at Keeneland have been. Uh, you can see simulcast signals around the country, and you can see other tracks that have uh, instituted a lot of the same techniques that uh, that we've grown uh, and developed and come up with on our own at Keeneland. So. That's a that's a nice compliment. You know, we want everybody's signal to be great. I work with uh, people coast to coast and all racetracks, and we're we you know we want to help and we want to we want other tracks to have a great signal as well. So um, it's it's just to evolve from there. And uh, again, very fortunate that Keeneland gives us the tools. Now. Um a little bit about you know I told the listeners about the, how great book one was and the fact that they can they can go to www.keenland.com and actually you know pull down the catalog page and watch these great horses be sold. Um, how about the, the 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 covering of the sales? How's that evolved over the years? I, I was kind of surprised uh, last night when I looked and all of a sudden I was looking from behind the horse out into the pavilion. I mean I'm used to seeing that one steady shot of you know the horse from the other side. But uh, now, now you've actually got a camera in, in the sales ring. Yeah, you know what we um, we we added. We actually have a three camera production, and uh, when I got to Keeneland, it was pretty much a one camera lockdown shot of just a horse in a ring with a signal, or I'm sorry, with the uh, the hip number and the price keyed over the top. And you and you want to you hope that you are 
uh, helping that uh, bidder out there, whether he's in the back uh, bidding from the back or he's out in the front of the show and he's watching and he catches one little glimpse of a, of a, of an eye or the muscle tone or a reminder of the, of the chest or whatever. You want to make sure that you provide everything that you can. And if you feel like you've made one, him make one more bid, he may not get that, may not get that horse, but if he makes one more bid because of something that he saw, then we're doing our job. Absolutely. You know, I'm really in awe uh, of being in the pavilion and seeing these horses come in. And I know it's not like a paddock where they get a chance to be schooled, as far as I know. And 99.9% of them are just so cool, calm, and collected. You've been watching this for years. What's the strangest thing you've witnessed in the sales ring? Um, Well, the strangest thing that I witnessed was back in probably 85, 86, and a colt came in the ring. I was working for Hammond at the time, and I was out. And I've been producing Keeneland's commercials since the mid-'80s, sales and racing. And I was out just doing some beauty shots, as you know. Uh, you kind of take some, try to get some creative angles. And I was in the front row on the opposite side uh, at a low angle, shooting back up through the post. And a horse actually got back up on his hind legs, got the shank under it, and he started backing up in my direction. His hip <laughs> came over, hit the post over. And, and broke that metal rod and actually took one step out of the back of the ring and jumped right back up in the ring right in front of me, and I captured it all on video. I hope that Hammond still has that tape. And they went right on <laughs> selling. Tom Caldwell was the auctioneer, and he never missed a beat. Uh, the horse did have a slight little cut on it, but it was just a, um, you know, a, a small little wound and you know, didn't really affect anything and, and never missed a beat and moved right on. So that was the most bizarre thing that really could have uh, – escalated but uh it fortunately the horse went on to uh to be a winner and and did very well so it was it was one of those things that uh once in a lifetime you're sitting right there and you get a horse in your lap well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I uh, broke away from the sale for a while because I wanted to go up and take a look at the at the main facility before the Breeders' Cup. I've only got about three minutes here, but um, I was really impressed uh, on your, your new paddock improvements. When, when I saw some photos on the Internet, I'm like, oh, man, I hope they're not tearing up, you know, what has been such a beautiful, traditional place all these years. Uh, the, the photos didn't compliment the place that much and they were putting in some new trees and things like that but when i went over there the other day i went up on the on the second floor and and took a look at it it looks fabulous i mean if so, you wouldn't hardly know that anything's been changed except for the improvements that you have on kind of your stone stalls there uh, on the far end it looks like you're giving the horses a little more room to move over there with the the changes uh, in in the paddock have you had to analyze and change some of your camera angles because i know you've got all different kinds of cameras set up in the paddock we really have not uh if you go out and and like you did today and you're out in the paddock really we're just adding things out on the perimeter and creating uh, uh opportunities for people to come and enjoy uh the horse in the paddock like that paddock uh pavilion if you will that overlooks that well what a great spot to be in all day long to sit there and watch the horses circle the trees and be saddled and the riders are actually going to come out there during Breeders' Cup and be and give a riders up on that side. There, it's it's going to be an incredible experience. And then when you look at the 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 breakfast marquee that we put in between the racing office and the grandstand, I don't know if you got all the way down there. That is no, a double decker. And then you get into the Keeneland lawn and all the way around into the turn. Uh, we've really created an experience, and we've got the. It's been over a year and a half of planning 
and you bring in the right people and do the right things, and, and it's really going to be a great experience with additional TVs and LED boards in the infield that, that we want to we want to continue it to be a Keeneland experience, but it's going to be enhanced. So you got the you got the World Thoroughbred Championships uh, now at your facility. So we've really done our, our homework and to create a great experience. Well, I, I, I know it'll be cozy. I know people uh, thought it was crazy that it tracked the size of Keeneland, but if you think about it, uh, you're the main jewel in racing's crown right there in Lexington, Kentucky. So I, I know that Keeneland as a whole will pull it off, and I know that G.D. Hieronymus is going to do an outstanding job at presenting this uh, to the public on Breeders' Cup Day. And I wish you nothing but the best, and God bless you the day after the Breeders' Cup. You're going to be one tired man. John, uh, thank you for the pleasure of being on your show. Um, I'm really excited about the, the upcoming uh, race meet, the entire race meet, and along with the Breeders' Cup. And, uh, you know, it's, it certainly is a privilege to have the Breeders' Cup in Central Kentucky. I've been to 23 Breeders' Cups myself uh, from, the, from the 1984, so I, I'm, I just can't be more excited about it. We certainly have our challenges. Um, and we, but we meet them all head on and, and try to deal with them, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly have a great experience for all. Well, not everybody can be there, but I know the man that will put on a great show for those <laughs> and simulcast centers and racetracks around the country is one G.D. Hieronymus. Thanks for being with us on Winning Ponies, G.D. I want to enjoy uh, Thank you very much, and I uh, look forward to hearing Jude uh, on right after me. Great okay, man. that's right, because coming up next is Jude Fell, who, interestingly enough, worked with G.D. Hieronymus, and the two of them as a team actually won an Eclipse Award. Uh, it, uh, Jude's won two Eclipse Awards, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and back with me, a guest I haven't had on for a while, and I'm so glad he was able to fit us in, and that's Jude Feld, a guy that uh, grew up loving racing since he was a kid. Uh, he was lucky enough to get into horse racing back in 78, uh, making charts for the daily racing form at Ellis Park in Henderson, Kentucky, under the veteran legend Jack Valentine. Uh, in 2003, he was honored with an Eclipse Award alongside 
our previous guest, G.D. Hieronymus, for their collaboration on If It Was Easy, Everyone Would Do It. Uh, he, he wrote it for G.D., and G.D. produced it. And uh, I know that Jude won another Eclipse Award as part of Horse Racing's radio network uh, covering the 2010 Breeders' Cup Classic. been a while since I updated your bio, Jude. If you want any other awards I should know about. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no other awards. Uh, that that's probably enough. I'm I'm not big on awards, but it's uh, it's it's nice when you win. But I try not to let it get to me. Well, uh, one thing I, I I left out of there with, that I think is very important uh, in your current role uh, as a radio broadcaster is the fact that you actually came up under some good trainers and ended up training horses yourself. And I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that you traded a graded stakes winner. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually had seven graded stakes winners. I trained for 20 years, mainly in Southern California, and I had a really nice career. I was very fortunate to be able to do uh, what I wanted to do, and uh, it's, it's been a great life. My life in racing is is uh, very blessed, and I was discussing that with my brother yesterday. We've both been very fortunate to be able to make a living in the sport that we love. Absolutely. Well, um, describe, I mean, you've done so much, I mean, from a chart caller to assistant trainer uh, to to a trainer. Uh, I'm guessing you found out that was real hard work seven days a week, and so maybe you'd get into broadcasting and and being a publicist. It might be a little bit easier. Yeah, well, there were some, some things that happened in my life. I got a divorce, and and uh, I was taking care of my kids for a while, and and so I I just uh, you know gradually had to get out of the training aspect because it's so time consuming. But uh, Keeneland offered me a job uh, back in uh, 2001, and I was very fortunate. Jim Williams took me under his wing, and I started working in the publicity department at Keeneland. And one thing led to another. I'd done some radio in California for a guy named Bill Gar, who was the number one broadcaster of horse racing in California. And, and when he went on vacation, I used to fill in for him once in a while. I used to be on his show as a trainer, but um, then I then I did a little fill-in work for him. So when I came to Lexington, I got a job uh, at the Clear Channel station and uh, had my own show for a while. And when they sold that station to the uh, Mexican broadcasting company, um, I didn't. I didn't have a show anymore, and that's when Mike Penna hired me to uh, help him with his show. Uh, the late Pete Coolis was having some health issues and stuff, and I started working with Pete and Mike on some of their shows. And uh, now uh, the rest is history, as they say. Well, we had Mike on a, a few weeks ago. I, I guess you're kind of uh, ready. Uh, you're in launch mode now for the Keeneland meet. Oh, absolutely! Uh, Fall Fair's weekend. I think it's going to be exceptional this year with the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland. There's a lot of people that like to get their horses to race over the track. I think we're going to see a fantastic opening weekend. I cannot wait for the race opening weekend at Keeneland. Uh, Just a a fantastic slate of events, and there's going to be some really, really good horses running. So you'll want to make sure you get out there for that. Uh, Absolutely. I'll tell you what, the... uh Fall Stars weekend might be as tough to get into as the Breeders' Cup because it's going to be a who's who of horse flesh and horse men. Uh, no question about it. There, there's already people, uh, you know, here for the sale, and a lot of them are going to stay through the meet. And 
Um, it, it's really an exciting time to be in Lexington. Well, I, I, it was an exciting time uh, just this week, just going down there. I love going to the sales and uh, bumping into old friends and seeing the magnificent horses. Uh, everywhere you turn your head, it's like every horse gets better looking than the other. It's, it is an exciting time, and thank God we've been blessed with some pretty good weather during this stretch. Well, uh, Parks is a track that doesn't uh, get in the spotlight a lot, and uh, I'm still kind of struggling with the name, to be honest with you. Um, I think that tracks, even though they get bought up by casinos, should somehow keep a uh, connection with the past so for the, I guess, the older horse players like us that are used to uh, uh, the old name. But either way, it, it is Parks now, and uh, they, they're putting together a really solid card this, this weekend. Um, and uh, let, let's start with the grade three uh, gallant Bob, if you would. It's a, a six furlong affair carrying a $300,000 purse. It looks like there was a, a prep race back on August 30th, and the top three finishers out of there, uh, Hebrewville, Bayard, and Always Sunshine, are coming in here. Uh, then you've got horses that have put in big efforts after coming off layoffs. And then you've got a little bit of a head-scratcher here in this horse that ran second in the King's Bishop. Um, came into that race undefeated after only two races, Limousine Liberal. This is a tough group to separate. And uh, Jude Fell, I'm leading on you to help me. Well, I'll tell you, I was at the King's Bishop in Saratoga, and run happy ran one of the most amazing races you could ever see a sprinter run. Uh, he was so fast, so impressive. And I think the two horses that come out of the King's Bishop are the horses to beat in this race. Uh, I kind of lean toward Grand Billy, who ran fifth in that race, actually ran behind the second-place limousine liberal, who ran very well. I mean, he ran second behind Run Happy the whole way. But Grant Billy was kind of mired down on the fence, didn't have the best of trips. He's a really talented horse. I happened to be at uh, the carryback stakes at Gulfstream Park on uh, some of the speed day, and he ran a super race that day. He's a very talented horse. He has a good trainer in Gustavo Delgado, and, and I think he's going to be the horse to beat. Very interesting, and for those of you out there that uh, don't have the morning line, it's uh, a four-to-one shot. Uh, Grand Billy there in the in the gallant Bob again, a six furlong dash for cash. Uh, then we then we uh, we move into the cotillion, which is uh, listed as a grade one race, a million dollars up for grabs. So you know that that's going to bring together some outstanding horses, and it certainly has. And we've got guys that are traveling in from all over the country. Uh, Mike Smith's coming in to ride for uh, Jerry Hollendorfer. Uh, you've got the Alabama Stakes winner in there, Embellish the Lace. Uh, I'm a chatterbox who was second in the Alabama. Larry Jones trainee that won the coaching club American Oaks. Uh, you got the Delaware Oaks winner, Calamity Jane, off at 10 to 1. And then you've got another kind of head scratcher, and that's the D. Wayne Lucas champion, Take Charge Brandy, who, uh, after a long layoff, really put in a uh, terrible race in the test, obviously was not injured, because since then the horses come out and had some sensational workouts. You know anything about the, what, what happened in the test to Take Charge Brandy, Jude? Well, I was I was a little surprised that Wayne ran her back in that spot. I mean, coming off an injury and a layoff, and then 
to throw her in there against Cavorting and, and Bar of Gold. I mean, those Phillies are, are pretty talented. I have a lot of respect for them. Cavorting's really been on a roll this summer. Um, I just thought it was a horrible place to put her off of a layoff. Um, it would have, wouldn't have been what I would have done, but I'm not in the Hall of Fame either, so I better <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. And now she's, now she's stretching out after that race. And the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it looks like they're in rush mode, and that's one thing you can't do with thoroughbreds is rush them. So um, I, I don't, I don't really consider her a major contender in this race at all. I think it's a really fine field. They've done a great job of assembling uh, a really nice group of three-year-old fillies. I'm a chatterbox. I, I, I think she ran super last time. Um, you know, sometimes she's her own worst enemy. She gets in into a little bit of trouble. She does some silly things on the racetrack sometimes, but she's got a lot of talent, and I, I think she might be uh, the Philly the to beat in here. Um, you know, Larry Jones does a, does a great job, obviously, but there's a there's kind of a long shot in here that I think has a big chance, and, and that's Peace and War. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very talented Philly. She won the Alcibiades, a great one, at Keeneland last year. Um, her last two starts have been her first two for trainer Graham Motion. Um, Ollie Stevens, who's a very good trainer from Europe, had her before, but now she's in Graham's barn. She's kind of perked up for Graham. She may like the Fairhill uh, training method, you know, away from the track like uh, she was used to in Europe. Her last two races have been good, both second. Um, and I think she's sitting on a, a big race at a big price. Joel Rosario Riser, and I, I like that. Um, and of course, I'm a huge Grand Motion fan, so um, lots, lots of things to like about Peace and War, and I think she's going to be a good number as well. Uh, absolutely. Now, um, what you said about I'm a chatterbox, if people pull down the, the past performances, uh, you're absolutely correct. I mean, she won the Coaching Club American Oaks going wire to wire, and then she won the Rachel Alexandra after being shuffled back to 10th at the half-mile marker and still gets up to win by two-and-a-half lengths, comes back the next race, and it's a front-running effort in the fairground Oaks. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think your description of I'm a chatterbox is her own worst enemy is, is very well stated. Uh, because you don't normally see a horse that has running lines so different, sometimes actually in every other race, uh, than, than this filly. But, again, she's in good hands with, with Larry Jones. Uh, she comes out of the Alabama, and so she's going to be going up against embellished the lace. Um, lately raced a three-year-old filly. But, uh, you know, if you just put a line through her mother, Goose, uh, she, she could be uh, any kind by the time she gets a little bit older, this daughter of Super Saver. Javier Castellano, he's in his zone, man. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, hot riding right now. And Embellished um, Lace, obviously, is a good filly. I mean, she, she's got an excellent record, like you say. If you redline the, uh, the mother, Goose, uh, her, her and the, the debut sprint race, her record is perfect, so. She, she's a nice filly. I, I would just kind of always try to look for something maybe that's a little bit better price. Um, and she's got to carry 124 pounds. That may, that may be uh, a deal breaker for her as well. So, um, but I, I certainly, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't recommend throwing her out if you're playing a pick three or pick four, obviously. All right, Jude. Well, uh, appreciate your input on the cotillion. Again, that's a grade one. 
from Parks. And this is going to be run on Saturday, uh, part of, uh, I'm sure, a, uh, a series of races that are going to offer, for, you know, uh, Pick threes, ten cent supers, uh, daily doubles. So uh, I hope you're writing down these horses Jude is talking about because you might be able to use them on cross wagers in addition. Well, uh, coming up next is we're going to talk about the, the Pennsylvania Derby and if we have a chance uh, the, the Dogwood at Churchill Downs. Uh, so let's take a little bit of a break. We'll pay the bills here. I'm winning pony. We come back, we're going to break down the PA Derby with Jude Feld. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Jude Feld, who's uh, done so many things in racing, but is uh, currently with HRRN, as they are initialed. Uh, he's a two-time Eclipse Award winner, Horse Racing Radio Network. I know was up at Saratoga for the Travers, and shortly before and shortly after the race, Bob Baffert kind of shook his head and said, I should have gone to Parks. This would have been the race he would have landed in. <laughs> Uh, just, uh, I know you were there. What was the vibe up at, up at Saratoga? Well, you know, it was, it was a great week. I mean, it's so, so nice. I mean, as being part of the HRN crew and being able to travel around the country to all these fantastic races, you, you got to feel pretty fortunate. And, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's a beautiful thing if you love sports racing as much as I do, but, um, Saratoga is always great, but having, having American Pharaoh there and having the big crowd and having such a buzz about a racehorse and watching people come out in the morning and watch them train, there were, there were like 7,500, 10,000, 15,000. The numbers kept getting bigger. Uh, people just watching them come out to gallop uh, at Saratoga. It was great, you know? Um, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed the week and I had met him. i had actually met American Pharaoh the week before at, uh, Del Mar. I was there for the Pacific Classic and, 
Um, I, Bob Baffert had joined Mike and I on uh, our show from the Phasing Tipton sale at Saratoga. And, and I told Bob during one of our breaks that um, I had never met American Pharaoh, but I had met the four, the previous three Triple Crown winners since I'd been alive. I, I uh, had met Secretariat at Claiborne Farm and fed him grass. I'd met his firm that was in his stall with Laz Barrera. I met Seattle Slough with Terry and Mickey Taylor when we had horses swarm at 505 Farm that I was running in Lexington. But I hadn't met American Pharaoh yet, and he says, "Oh, you got to come to the barn." So, my daughter Ryan and I went out to the barn at, at Del Mar and uh, visited American Pharaoh. I, I got a nice few pictures with them, one of which is on my on my Twitter feed right now, and uh, it was just a great experience to to meet him. So it was, it's it's nice to add him to my collection of four Triple Crown winners. And uh, no, I've never saw Man of War run as. Some kid asked me one time. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you know, I, I was around him, too, and I think he couldn't be in better hands uh, with Baffert and the Zayats and what they've done with uh, just what you described, allowing people to come and get close to the horse and have, have him pose for pictures. I was there Stephen Foster night when people were just going nuts with flashes, and this horse didn't turn a hair. I think it's fantastic. But I must say, should, should he have landed in the Pennsylvania Derby, number one, some of these horses might not be in the race, and, and number two, it would have given him that extra time. I, I just kind of felt the whole time that Baffert was a little bit edged in, into going in the Travers. Um, but uh, let's face it, you, know, you look at the horses that, that, that have won that race from Man of War, uh, and it really just would have put him in a, a, that, that league that he's in now, let's face it, but it would even put him in a higher echelon. So he's not in the Pennsylvania Derby, but some horses that have run against him are uh, two of the strangest horses in racing. Um, they have won only two races, and both of them are millionaires in Mr. Z and Frosted. And, of course, Frosted, uh, most people will say, was the undoing of American Pharaoh in the Traverse Stakes. But it looks like Karen McLaughlin has kind of kept him on his toes. I don't think he would have run him back this quick. It was only, what, about three weeks ago. Uh, if he didn't think that that horse, uh, you know, w- was still on his toes and, and felt well enough to come in this race, uh, of course, uh, Frosted is going to, you know, be running against other horses that he's met before, uh, such as uh, Made from Lucky, um, Upstart hasn't ducked anybody his whole career, though. I think he's a little bit off his game. And Mystery Horse in here, it's Baffert again with the gimme dilute, could, could be any kind. He's going for his fifth straight win. He's only made nine career races. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think Baffert may uh, take care of Frost in this race. <laughs> you know, when Bob ships a horse uh, to the East, they usually run pretty well. Uh, this horse obviously was not in the same class as American Pharaoh and Dortmund, and he chose a different path for this horse. And I think it, it's, a, it's a tribute to Bob's program, the way that he handles these horses and spots them so well. This horse has really developed into a nice horse. He's made a lot of money for his owners, and he continues to improve. When you look at his, his speed figures and, and the way that he's been running, I mean, he's a very, very talented horse. So he's, he would be my top pick in the Pennsylvania Derby, uh, Jimmy Duluth. I think he's a, a very, very talented horse. I, I was impressed with Made from Lucky. He's kind of a hard-knocking, blue-collar kind of a horse. He's, he's not a horse that, that, you know, a lot of people have had 
uh, tremendous affinity for on the Triple Crown Trail. But, you know, he, he, he showed me a little something last time. I thought his race was, was pretty good, and I think he's a very, very solid horse. I, I think Frosted may be, like, over the top right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how many times you can bang your head against the wall before you start going the other way. So um, I'm, I'm throwing him out. And my third pick would be Island Soon, who my friend Ian Wilkes trains. And Ian's a guy that really brings horses along slowly. But this horse has developed into a very nice horse. He, he ran the best Quiznet speed figure he's ever run in his last race, 101, which is a really nice speed figure. And I like Brian Hernandez. I think he's a good jockey. And I think Island Town has a, has a shot at uh, certainly being in the trifecta. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the, a horse that I know I am going to throw in on my ticket, I'm certainly going to just take a, a $5 wind flyer on. You made the case for made from Lucky, okay? So if you like him at 4-1, to one, you've got to love War Story at 20-1. to one. And the reason is, Jude, if you go back and look at that West Virginia Derby, he absolutely was left at the gate. And Deshaun Parker made the right decision, didn't go into panic mode. At, uh, he, he was 13 away from the leaders, then 14 away from the leaders. He was 10 lengths away from the leaders when they turned for home. And he was closing like a bat out of hell and was only beaten two lengths for all the money in the West Virginia Derby. And I think if you could put a, a, a line through that, through that race or just go back and look at it, if you're a trip handicapper, you do want to leave War Story on your ticket at 20 to 1. He was 11 to 1 that night. But, uh, you know, I think there's other horses in here that are going to be batting. I think you're going to get some odds on that horse. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think he's, uh, he's going to be bad at all. And I think, uh, he's, he's definitely a, a value horse, a horse that could really make the difference in the trifecta. Deshaun Parker is, is an outstanding jockey. I mean, there's no question about his ability. And he, he does seem to have an affinity. He's going to know this horse a little better. So I think that's a plus for him as well. And, uh, of course, uh, Jake Radicevich took over training and, and the horse ran a big race. So. I always like those things when I'm handicapping. I like to see, like, if a trainer takes over a horse and they run the best race of their life, that's always a good sign for me. And sometimes those horses get ignored. You know, sometimes they'll be running on that dirt and they run on the turf. They run the best speed figure of their life. That shows you that maybe that's the right surface for the horse and that things are going to change for him if he comes back on the grass. So those are things you have to look for, and I think that's a good pick, John. Well, I'll thank you very much, Jude. Every now and then, you know, I, I always get accused of being a chalkmeister, and I, I just think, like you said, th- this source is is, is going to get overlooked, and uh, I, I think he's worth it. And again, I'll, I'll co-sign uh, your your compliments of uh, Deshaun Parker. People don't realize that in the last five years of racing twice he's led the nation in number of wins. He's one of those guys that just flies under the radar because he rides at smaller tracks. Yeah, well, you know, things happen. I, uh, one thing I know from, from my life, uh, sometimes family or things get in the way of, uh, of what you'd really like to do. So he may like to be hanging out at Del Mar or Saratoga, but, you know, it's better for him to stay in West Virginia and make, make a good living and uh, do what he loves. So, you know, those, those things happen. And when you have those kind of guys like Russell Bays, for instance, in Northern California, I mean, they're worth their weight in gold, and uh, you've you got to pay attention. 
Absolutely, and you got Perry Utes in Cincinnati, the 11th leading rider in the history of the sport. Nobody knows his right. name. <laughs> well, Jude, yeah. thanks uh, a million for uh, for being on with us. I know that you got to be pretty pumped up, uh, pretty exciting. Uh, Horse Racing Radio Network's uh, uh, gearing up for Keeneland, gearing up for the Breeders' Cup, and I know that you and Mike Penna and your whole crew are going to do an outstanding job. Well, I, I appreciate that. We uh, we love bringing uh, the race to everybody around the country and around the world. We have 160 countries that listen to us, and uh, Armed Forces Radio is another uh, thing that I really appreciate uh, doing the races for some of those guys uh, and gals who can't uh, be at the track, and uh, we appreciate their service. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great great thing that we do for racing fans, and, and I really appreciate it. All right, Jude Feld, I'll see you in the press box uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies. All right, thanks thanks for everything, and keep taking those beautiful pictures. I will, I will. Thank you very much. That was Jude Feld. I also want to thank G.D. Hieronymus. And as I close out the show, I'm so lucky to be looking over this manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. Remind you, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.